Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast where every single week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission of your nonprofit, or if you're a freelance grant writer or nonprofit consultant, the many different nonprofits that you work with. Today we have another special guest on our show, and I'm really excited to bring her back on the show. She was actually my first podcast guest back in 2017. So I am definitely going to drop the link for that episode um, in today's show notes as well. And this is Nikki R. Jones. She is going to give you some great information about how to tell a story and how to do a press conference and work with press and the media so you can get more funders' eyes on your nonprofit, more donors' eyes on your nonprofit, and just to raise your brand in general. Nikki R. Jones is a communication strategist, speechwriter, copywriter, and trainer with 16 plus years of experience in the small business, government, and nonprofit sectors. She has a ton of experience and she talks about it in today's podcast, where when she first started out in the nonprofit sector, she said, I didn't even know what all this was about. I just needed a job, right? So she started. And I love how she tells her story of how, what got her into telling stories, right? And then also she really gives a lot of golden nuggets once again on those press conferences. And I know a lot of you out there just have not been sending out press releases, or maybe you think everything needs to be polished before you do a press conference, or maybe you're going to give a speech and you just kind of throw out something and you're not really sure what to say. So you're going to get so much out of the podcast interview today with Nikki because she's really going to drop some golden gems. And for all of today's show notes, please go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 259. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I also want to thank our sponsor, GEMS, Grant Easy Management Software, that will help you break up with your spreadsheet. <laughs> so you can definitely get the GEMS Grant Easy Management Software and never miss a deadline again. So if you want to get grants under your control for good and have a system to track your to-do list, proposals, LOIs, site visits, reports, and so many other deadlines, and also know like where the grant is in the pipeline, award amounts, and so much more, then you will definitely want to check out GEMS. And GEMS is also giving you Changemakers a 10% discount. So if you'd like to schedule a free demo and find out more about GEMS and how it may help your grant writing needs, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash GEMS, G-E-M-S. And you'll also find a link in today's show notes. Thank you, GEMS, for sponsoring this podcast episode. And as always, make sure that you join our free grant writing and funding hub haven so you can get access to amazing resources and get updates on the podcast every single week. Just jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, without further ado, here's Nikki. This is Miss Nikki R. Jones. Hey, Nikki, how's it going? Hey, Holly. I am well. I hope you are well. <laughs> yes, fantastic. It was so great. So we were just catching up before we, we hit record. And it's just like to talk to you to see all the changes and to see the growth in your business. 
And all of the things that you're doing with nonprofits has just been wonderful over the last few years. So thank you for coming back on and being like, let's go ahead and share again. Let's share some more on stories and on press release. We're going to dig into all that sort of stuff today um, on the show because that is so helpful for nonprofits. So thanks again for coming back on. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. I definitely agree that story is, is so important the way that we tell the story, who we get to tell the story and what the story is and what that impact would be. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. I love it. I love it. And just to give you all listeners or viewers um, a little insight into Nikki, um, you're, you know, you're a communication strategist with 16 plus years of experience in small business, government, and nonprofit sectors. And you specialize in copywriting, speech writing, and training. And you also do a lot with press. Like you were, were you, I think you were the press director at a nonprofit. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. So my my introduction to communications came uh, with me working at a nonprofit advocacy organization. I was based in Albany, New York, which is our state, that's the state's capital. And I remember learning about the position at that time. I, I came in as the uh, communications coordinator, and I was just, how to tell you the truth, just looking for a job. Okay. <laughs> I remember even getting to the interview, and, and the executive director came out to greet me, and then he said, "You're here a day early." And I was like, "Oh." So I had to come back the next day with that same outfit. That, you know, you have one outfit for you oh, for interview. Yeah. The interview outfit. <laughs> one uniform. <laughs> and I came back and I and I remember really being impressed with this because I didn't know anything about advocacy. I mean, of course, we had seen on TV marches and so forth, but that had that's not something that was a part of my life of growing up. I didn't see uh, uh, my parents or, or you know people in, that I knew about in my community going to community meetings and demanding change and so forth. So it was definitely very new. And I remember the very first, uh, and the organization fights for quality public schools so that all children can have access to opportunity. And they're still very much vibrant. It's Alliance for Quality Education. And I remember going to um, the very first event. I went went down to New York City, and it, it was a big cathedral, and it was full of people. And when I saw all of the the adults, the little children, and everybody, and I was just like, "What? This is something that that's happening. People are using their voice and and making change happen." Mm -hmm. So I, that that was just very exciting to me. And so to this day, um, I, I don't work with. Uh, not all the time. I'm not always working with folks in advocacy. So when I get to have these conversations or I get to work with clients um, who are, are advocating for change, it's it's just a, a real holds a real place in my heart. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I and I love like you know very diverse. Like you work a lot with businesses too, and I, I love that you're doing copywriting as well because um, that's really important. You know, everyone now needs a website, all of that, and knowing what to put on it. So it's not, you're not just hearing crickets or you're actually getting <laughs> traffic to it, right? Because you put a lot of work in developing a website and, you know, not to have it translating to what you want it to do as far as get donors or whatnot, right? So that's Absolutely. really important. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I think about, about your audience who are grant writers, of course, you want to have a website that I like to say whispers in the ears of your readers and helps them to understand why they need to work with you, what's at stake, and moves them from curious to connected and then to client. And for the nonprofit leaders who are listening, your website is not moving people to be a client, but is, is making very clear to them, this is an issue. This is why it's an issue. They're able to see other stories. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. And they're, they're, they're galvanized to get involved so that they too can head down to the Capitol and hold feet to the fire and whatever they need to do to make that change happen. So words, words are very powerful. You know, working at, at AQE, that is where I learned the power of 
of voice, the power of story, and the power of empowering people, you know, what's possible when you do those things. I love that. And when you started, did you just have like a knack for it, like a knack for storytelling, or was it something you really worked on and, you know, or was it a combination? It was definitely, yeah, yeah, it was definitely something that I, that I had to work on. Like I said, I went to the interview like, oh, wait, this has got a job. Okay, I'll sign up. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know. And I remember meeting with the executive director and the uh, the board chair, and I, I was 26. And I literally said to them, "Listen, I'm 26. I'm grown. I need a job that's going to have a trajectory." You know, and they probably were like, "What?" <laughs> but like I said, I came in as communications coordinator. <laughs> uh, I, I probably said, "I have a pocketbook. I'm an, I'm somebody." Right? <laughs> but I, I left there as a communications director. I was a registered lobbyist. I um, uh, served in the capacity of deputy director, you know, really being a lot in line with my executive director to help make decisions and drive and drive things forward and trainings and so forth. So it was a it was an unforgettable time for me. You know, I've had a lot of jobs where I when I think about where my career started is there. Yeah, and so certainly like you really to... navigated up quickly in that organization. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if it was quick, but it, it, it happened. There were trainings that I had to go to. There were uh, opportunities for me to to fumble and, and, and go in front of reporters with a squeaky voice and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sure there's some footage out there of me and that'd be very embarrassing to come out now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had, had my opportunities. And that that's why we'll talk about the training later, but that's that's why, you know, it's just so important to be able to pe people are passionate, Holly, about the change that they're looking for for their community and their families. Nobody can take that from them. Nobody can take your story from you about uh, what, what um, adversity or inequities or that, that are happening there. But when you pair it right with some um, communication training, to some extent, maybe you're not looking to be a communications director, but you might want to feel a little more confident in telling your story. So when those cameras come on, you are able to stand there and speak up for your for your community. You're able to speak up for the things that you know need to happen. You're able to make an impression upon legislators and, and decision makers so that you can demand those policy changes, those budget changes, and so forth. And also, like you said earlier, you're attracting the eye of funders. You know, mm -hmm. when funders fund you, they don't necessarily want to be the only one doing the funding. So... <laughs> Mm -hmm. So that, you know, you're going to need to be able to use press uh, or, or I shouldn't say use press, but partner with press, um, mm -hmm. speak to press, have interviews and have media coverage that can help uh, engage community members, but that can also help just really bring a lot of awareness to your issue. I love that. You know, and I, I really do think that all nonprofit leaders or spokespeople should have some type of communication training because of the power in leveraging that sort of platform, right? So I, I definitely think it's important. And I've worked with so many nonprofits and in nonprofits, and they're always like, Holly, can you go do the, you know, the interview on TV or whatever? Because I'll forget the sponsor's name or I'll forget this, or you know what I mean? They get on the, the set and they're like, whoop, everything just went out the window, right? So <laughs> there's a lot of like, and, and just the way you can kind of spin it back to the cause or back to the call to action that you may not know how to do, right? We're not born knowing how to do this communication partnership with media. Like we have to learn it just as you did, right? As you're explaining. And, and this is, and it can be so powerful then because if you have a platform like being on national TV or local TV or local radio, you know, that sort of thing, you can really get a lot of interested ears and eyes on your cause but then them knowing what to do, right, is the huge kind of gap that I see. Is that kind of where you see that kind of a lot of nonprofits may not have that training and that's where they 
kind of lose the opportunity potentially? Is that call to action? Yeah, well, so there, there's that, but there's also just to take some steps back. There is understanding what the message is, who mm. the speaker should be, um, mm. where you should have the press conference. And then, of course, yes, your call to action. Your call to action might be, so join us next week for the community rally, or it might be mm. write your senator, uh, or it might be send your story in so that we can tell it to, to the governor or whosoever. Mm-hmm. But the other point I, I want to make, Holly, is that Sometimes, yes, there, there there are many trainings. There's various trainings that that we can all have. If you are the communications specialist coordinator director for your particular agency, then of course you're you're going to be entrenched in those things. Mm-hmm. But if your position is that of organizer, you may not need to know all of that stuff, right? Yeah. But what you mm-hmm. do need to know is how to find someone who can tell their story. What you do need to know is how to identify the stories that are really going to cause someone to, to, you know, you're, you're here ironing and the news is on. You're like, wait, what? What's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, you need, to, you need to understand how to do that. And as far as the how you're answering the questions back and forth with the press or how you're pitching them, that maybe can be someone else's responsibility. But as the organizer, you want to make sure that you're picking, you're picking Holly, who's the mother of a, a daughter who's in dance, who's in school. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, there may be budget cuts and there may be no more dance. Because okay. nobody's going to tell that story like Holly when she can talk about how her child has been dancing since she was six months. Need <laughs> <laughs> right. a miracle baby. And how she loves it and how she lights up and mm-hmm. how it's helped her to be a better person, helps her to be more confident. You can tell that story. And mm-hmm. so the organizer, even the, the communications director, the executive director, whosoever, could be a board member, can help you to tell it in a way that is impactful. But the other things, maybe that's not your responsibility. And that's why I think it's really important that people don't feel overwhelmed in that way, because I can't be the communication strategist and the accountant and, you know, I can't do all those things, but I I can do my part. Right. And I, you know, I love that, like finding out the story from the eyes of the beneficiary or the people that are really passionate about that. And, you know, here's one thing, and this might just be a little bit you know, to bring this up, it's kind of, I think, on people's mind too now, which is a good thing, is a lot of people, grant writers, I'll say, we've been guilty of it in the past, is using some of these stories as kind of almost like trauma-based to get awareness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and even like ha- asking people to maybe tell their story where they're like, I'm not comfortable with telling that mm-hmm. way, or I want to tell it where there's hope, and it's not just all like doom and gloom, right? So there's that there was that real, I think, especially in the 80s and 90s, tell it from a part of like heartache and all of this instead of like a place of empowering. So do you see that, is, I'd hate to call it a trend, but do you see this shift in mindset with communications and how we tell stories within nonprofits. That, that's important what you're saying. And yes, I, I've seen it in both ways. And, and quite frankly, there is value in doing it in both ways for different audiences. Sometimes you really need to say to your legislator, if this doesn't happen, all yeah. the wheels are going to die, right? <laughs> or whatever yeah. you, you, know, you need to say. Mm-hmm. So that's like, wait, what? And then you can come back in with that supportive information. But then there's also an opportunity to tell the story in the way that if the whales are thriving, what that means for our waters, what that means for our our sea borders or wherever the water meets the land, whatever that's called, uh, shores, <laughs> and what have you. You can tell the story in that way because that might also, again, that can attract funders, but that can also attract the person who who does care about animals and who does care mm-hmm. about, about whales and they did see Free Willy and now they're like, wait, I need to go down into that meeting and get involved. So there's, there's value in, in both sides. 
What's also important is that when you are working with people in the community who are going to tell their story at your press event or on your social media or wherever, you know, you're going to tell it in a report, you need to make sure that they are comfortable mm-hmm. with, with it, right? So you, you, heard, you said earlier that I, I write speeches and I was working with uh, someone who advocates for LGBTQ youth. And we were talking and I was getting their story. And then I had to say, wait, are you comfortable telling this part? Because I don't want, I can't write a speech for you. And then you're like, you're, you're crying. You know? <laughs> I mean, right. so I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to, to make them uncomfortable. So it's this, I've seen sometimes, unfortunately, that has happened mm-hmm. um, in some advocacy settings where it's like, oh, this person has a really sad story. You come to all the events and tell your sad story. Right. And yeah. Maybe the person doesn't want to, to relive that every two weeks at your rally and at your community function and, and, and at the, in front of the press and in the lobby day and so forth. So you want to make sure that you're really being respectful of that person. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for touching on that. Because, yeah, I think that's so important. And it's just been so common, like you said, to take, let's take this out of story. You you make most people cry. Like, let's have you tell it. Right. And that's like them reliving their trauma over and over again. Right. And it it's just to benefit your nonprofit, which might help a lot of people. But at the same time, like, is that the way you want to go about doing that? Right. So yeah. I, I, I like yeah. that there's more attention on that and that you say, hey, how do you feel about this? Like, you know, how do you feel about telling us? Are you comfortable? And even do you have them, do you co-write with them then when you're helping people write speeches or that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so you can do it on both sides. And again, this also applies to, to advocacy work. It's not that I, I meet Holly the parent, we use that same example of, mm-hmm. of um, uh, advocating for children. It's not that I come to you and say, hey, this is your story, you know, say it in front of the media tomorrow. It's not that, it's that I work with you to understand about your six month old prodigy baby. (laughs) And and I understand the other parts and I may help you put it together in a way so that you can be able to say it succinctly, that you can say it in two minutes because we're at a press conference, we don't have time for, you know, you to speak for 30 minutes, but, but to help you do that. And also that will help you feel more confident because you've had some, some prep. Not, mm-hmm. not that I'm putting words, you know, for you, but that you've had some preps. And so I may say things like, has she you won any awards? Uh, mm-hmm. Does your family come to the event? Oh, okay. And what, what does she wear? What have you? So that way, now when you're speaking, you can talk about her pink tutu with the purple dots and what mm-hmm. that meant to her, right? And mm-hmm. I can, me as being the communications person, I can also help you know when to slow down or what have you. Mm-hmm. But it's not that you're an actress, you know, that that's a, that's a, a very important thing. This is personal for you, you know, mm-hmm. for me, for sure. When I worked at, at that organization um, and we were advocating for students, I didn't have any children, you know? So, and at the end of the day, while I certainly understood the impact on the community, whether I had children or not, it would be unfair for me to have you tell this doom and gloom story. And, and then I'm like, well, all right, then bye. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's something that we have to take responsibility for and consideration for. No, I like that. And, and, you know, and I like the preparation too. Like sometimes we feel like oh, I can just go out there and kind of wing it. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's all well and good, but a lot of times you're going to miss out on some key components that could really be, you know, just communicated better. Right. So I know even Myself, like I've, you know, read uh, letters of testimony and, you know, at the legislator, you know, and I've gone over there and, and been able to say, but before I go, I'm sharing it with other people that have the same thought process or like same advocacy as me. We're giving feedback, we're cutting it down, we're doing this and that, right? And really looking over like what can be the best impact of how we deliver this. Um, and I think that's been 
then I'm more confident when I'm delivering that. Absolutely. Right. And Absolutely. yeah. And then I, I feel better and I feel like I instead of going, oh, I forgot to say this. Right. Or you go wing it. A lot of times you're afterwards, you're going, oh, I should have said this, should have said that. But if you're prepared, you feel like, okay, I said what I needed to say. Right. And I said it well. So, or confidently at least. Right. So it, is that part of it too? Is like what you're talking about is just being prepared, the confidence, really making sure you get all of your, your kind of points check marked off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When I, when I work with people and they've, they've been like, oh, I'm so nervous, but they're passionate about making that change for their community. And then we, we speak, we have some back and forth, we maybe even have some role play. And then they mm -hmm. go out there and then, you know, I stand in the back like, <laughs> you know, like I'm seeing, seeing my person at a recital or something. But it, it, it is such a wonderful feeling to see them up there, know that they were here, voice shaking, knees shaking, but now they, they're up here, they're saying their part, they're having these standalone interviews over here. And then afterwards, you can just see how they feel like, what, I came here to the Capitol and did this for my community, I did it. Yeah. And it's, a, it's mm -hmm. a, a really nice thing. You know, there's there's uh, uh, a story that I'm remembering um, when I worked at the organization, how we would tell a story sometimes without using words. Sounds strange, right? <laughs> but we had very big posters that had the children's picture on it, and it would say their name and their age and their city. So it could be visible for people to know that, oh, this is affecting people in Buffalo, in Rochester, in Syracuse, and here, here, and here. It's not just in my community. So that's that's a story as well as, you know, th these are a lot of numbers. Or yeah. sometimes maybe you would put on those posters what the child wants to be or, or what grade they are in. I'm not sure if I said that or not. And that can, that can work for a number of issues. If you're fighting to save the cats, then maybe you have some pictures for some kittens, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, or you have some, there's visual, there's, there's you telling the story, you know, there's oral, but there's also audio. Maybe mm -hmm. there's, there's something that you have with children laughing. Oh, you, yeah. Just, just, to, just to make the point of, these children, they deserve their happiness. They deserve their opportunity. So there's a lot of different ways that you can tell story. And that doesn't have to only be in, in one particular way. Oh, I love that. And, and I know you work with it as far as like helping people prepare to do presentations, but also you're a copywriter. So that means you using words or using potential images for it can be with copy as well and to communicate that. So even on those different layers, right, of, as far as like how to impact, you know, any kind of whatever that decision might be that you want to lead people to with that story. And do you find like, what do you feel like are maybe some lessons learned or like what you've seen nonprofits kind of struggle with that you'd like to kind of say, Hey, take this gem away today about sharing story. I think one of the, the tips that I, I will give is to kind of have an intake when you bring, when you get a new person who's in, who wants to be involved and wants to advocate for change and tell their story, you kind of just sit down and do an intake and let them answer questions and record it you, with their permission, of course, but record it. And then you'll, you will start to hear, oh, wait, wait a minute, you know, that's a really good point. Or, oh, this is something that I haven't considered. Maybe we're not going to tell the story from the angle of what happened last week. We might tell the story from the angle of what your vision is for your community. Like, so what you were saying before about the, the doom mm -hmm. and gloom and then the positivity, there mm -hmm. are, there are those different things. But when you bring the person in and you do that intake, kind of like if you were coming into college or what have you, and you really get to know their story in a way that is, there's not pressure on it. It's not like, we need a story now. we got a press conference tomorrow. It's not that, <laughs> but it's just <laughs> us getting to, <laughs> it's just us getting to know each other, to know why you're involved, 
No, mm-hmm. that, that's a, a really big thing because we can make assumptions. We can say, oh, maybe Holly's here because she has a child, but maybe Holly is here because she saw what was happening in the community a town over right. and she realized that's not right. I've got to do something. So there, there's uh, there's this space sometimes where people are making those assumptions and then you're you're losing some nuggets for, for stories that can really make an impression again on those funders, on the decision makers and on other people who will then want to get involved. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So interview, report, and and you're really here. And that almost reminds me kind of like doing a focus group versus just doing a survey, right? Like how you can really get more in depth and behind the scenes. So I love that. Um, and then yeah. as far as like story, so let's kind of move into the press kind of world. Now, if you have your story and you've developed it, like you said, by listening, by doing this kind of quasi intake, by seeing how, where people are comfortable and all of that, and, and really kind of refining the story with the points, right? And and all of the things that they really feel comfortable sharing. Then moving into press. So there's PSAs, there's press conferences, there's, to- there's so much to do with media. So, you know, when do you say, hey, nonprofit, start sharing with press? You know, is it when they win a grant? Is it if they have an event? Like when and kind of how do they start sharing with the press? I know that's a lot. The press press is being inundated every day with people wanting their stories told or their issue covered. So that's something that you have to consider because maybe you getting a new executive director is not really going to be news to them. Mm-hmm. But maybe if your executive director is Oprah, you know, <laughs> so there's different, <laughs> there, there are different things mm-hmm. uh, that that can that can catch a journalist's attention and make them say, wait, this is something for us to cover. But I, I will I will say that one place that sometimes organizations fall short in is not with well, the two places is not doing the outreach because maybe they feel like, well, I've got to have this more polish and I have to have this press release that says, well, hitherto, and it doesn't have to be that. Mm -hmm. It may just be a very simple email. You know that Jeffrey is the education reporter. So you just send Jeffrey an email just to say, hey, just want to let you know, we have X, Y, and Z going on. If you're interested, let me know. Jeffrey can tell you yes or no, or maybe Jeffrey doesn't respond, but Jeffrey saw the email. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the The other place of maybe too much information or too much outreach, whereas then you can cause Jeffrey to see your email and be like, yeah, no. <laughs> or unbeknownst to you, your email is going into some like never, neverland box. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so when you when you're thinking about having a press event or reaching out to the press, you do want to make sure that you're it's actually news. So if today you realize, oh, five years ago we gave out 25, 25 um uh scholarships Let's make sure that we tell the media that, that there that's not gonna be news and they're gonna kind of be looking, what <laughs> you know, yeah. why are you contacting us? But if you're having a new scholarship drive and you want to put that word out, that's an opportunity. That this idea that it has to be so super polished is just that that's not there. I mean, it, some people are uh, having interactions with journalists through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right, and right in the DMs. You can only write but so much in the DM, right? right, right. So it, it, that's just proof to show you that it doesn't have to be where you have to write this big, long essay. So mm-hmm. there's this, I guess, you know, this, it's hard to explain what the sweet spot is in the middle of not not reaching out enough or reaching out too much. But you will, you will, you will figure it out very quickly <laughs> when you start not getting any responses. And sometimes a journalist will just tell you, hey, this isn't the kind of st- story that I would cover. And then you know, 
Right. Yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, and really knowing like what's newsworthy, like just don't do it for the sake of doing it, but like figure out like, are we having an upcoming event that we want the community to know about? Or like you mentioned, like the scholarship, or do we just get this awesome grant that we want to share or, you know, those types of things um, are really important. But yeah, definitely if you're having an event, I would say, I mean, would you say go ahead and if you're having an event, like that's a newsworthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to want the press to come and see that you have 500 people who are concerned about this issue for sure. Mm -hmm. And if you're having that scholarship award ceremony, you will invite them. They might not show up for that, but you're, you're letting them know that this is an organization that has events, that has impact, that is active and that is doing things. And this can help them uh, help keep you top of mind for them when something does happen. They want to have someone to give uh, a media response. The other thing I want to say, Holly, is now that we have social media, you know, we didn't mm -hmm. really have it in, in this abundance of people weren't really relying on it, you know, some years ago, you can hold your own press conference and you don't have to call it that, but mm -hmm. you can easily go live on social media and talk about, oh, hey, guess what? Something we were thinking about, we discussed at our staff meeting today, we realized we gave out 25 grants five years ago, then 18, then this, you can tell that story however you want. You can also send that email out with a link to this video to your email list. So it's not necessarily that you always have to have lights, camera, action to yeah. get some news out, but that those are opportunities that people have to consider. Even going live with, Maybe you have a board member who has a, a nice size audience. You might go live over there. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe you might show up on someone's uh, conference call. Or maybe there is, there's someone who has a group in your local area and you reach out to them and see if you can go live with them in their group or you can send them a recorded video. Or you can see if, hey, can you send this out to your, to your email list? So there are a number of opportunities that you can be creative to get the word out, but that doesn't have to include you reaching out to press, getting a bunch of speakers, getting a microphone, getting a permit, and so on and so forth. But then there certainly are those occasions where you need to have all hands on deck, lights, camera, action. I, you know, and I love that because the whole point in a way, right, behind getting the press involved is so you have their platform, you have a reach, right? So like you said, social media gives you that as well. And it's also free. And so it's a great free marketing tool, but also social media can be, unless you're paying for ads, uh, a free marketing tool as well. Obviously social uh, media, but it's also social media marketing, right? So if we looked at that and I love that you don't have to do ads necessarily, you could just do a Facebook live or do an Instagram live or story and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Use your phone. Like doesn't have to be all fancy. Like you said, lights, camera, action, use your phone, you know, just tell your community what's going on. Like, Hey, you know, five years ago, blah, blah, blah. Like that's awesome. And then if you think the news might be interested, but you're not willing to send a press conference, would you just recommend maybe just tagging the news, you know, on there as well, like on your story or on your live, just so they're aware of it and maybe they'll pick it up or like what you, you, you can do that. But what happens a lot of times is those kind of things can fall through the cracks. Yeah. So it's, it could also be very simple for you to pick up the phone and call them and, and say that we had this happen. Uh, you know, recorded a short video. Can I share it with you? Or you can just tell them if you're on the phone or shoot them over an email with the link to it. And maybe just to make it more simple, you might say, hey, tune into the three minute, 36 six second mark, because that's where so-and-so tells her story or, or what have you. Oh, I like yeah. that. And I've also yeah. seen nonprofits, like you said, put their own press conference together, like 
they'll invite several people to do a panel on Zoom and they'll stream it live on Facebook or whatever. And they'll, you know, they'll put like a, a graphic together and announce it and invite people and make it like this event. But it's very like low budget for them, right? Because it's all like on Zoom via social. So it's not like they have to like do all this food and rent a hotel and a venue and a space or whatever a banquet room to do this huge press conference. But it's it's very simple, right? As well. Yeah. So yeah. And and two things there, Holly, you know, sometimes you do have a banquet hall because you're having a scholarship award ceremony or something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you are just having your press conference right in front of Senator So-and-So's office. Yeah. You know? oh, I like <laughs> or that. you're having it. Yeah. Or you're having mm -hmm. it over here at the park. So it doesn't have to be that you're renting out anything. And you there, there are cases where you may need to get a permit. And I talk about that uh, in, in the training I'll speak about later. But another thing I wanted to mention before I forget it, when we were thinking, we we're talking about um, using your own social media to get the word out. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't have it doesn't have to be when I'm sitting here and I got my ring light. It may be that I pull my phone out and I start reporting because I'm at the Capitol and I just got word that this and this and this is happening. We need you to make phone calls now. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that is that very quick information that people are getting. When we think about us here living our day-to-day -day lives, I've heard about uh, environmental justice, of course, mm -hmm. right? I have, I have a friend who's, who's very um, uh, committed to, to that issue, but I don't know all the information and I certainly am not you know, up into all of the policies and so forth. But if I see someone saying, hey, this and this and this is happening right now, look at the temperatures, this, this here, here and here, you know, whatever they're gonna say. And it's, it's like action, action, we need something to happen now. It makes it a little bit different for me. And it also makes it so that it doesn't seem like, okay, well, this, this that's, that's other people over there. No, this is happening here. I just left the capital you know that oh, makes I a big that. difference for people because then they also feel that they're they're in the midst of it. it's kind of like looking at uh behind the scenes for your a, a celebrity or an actor or whosoever and you see them getting prepared for the grammys or something you kind of feel like oh you know or, or you see people on social media they're sharing stories of their children and you feel like i'm the auntie you know you feel <laughs> you feel a lot connected I love that. Yeah. And then just putting them like in the, the real world, like here we are, we're doing our thing. And it, and, and I think part of that, I love having that kind of coupled together or, you know, the first part of this interview, we're talking more about like being a little more polished, having that training. But then when you have that and you're on more candid situations, like jumping on Facebook live at the Capitol or whatnot, you have that training. So it's, it's easier for you to connect when your story or whatever you're trying to say, even if it's shorter, because you have that. So do you, do you see people that go through your trainings then able to kind of get into that candid space as well a little bit easier? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, they are also a little more savvy with knowing how to, in the first three seconds, say something that is going to make people say, okay, I'll, I'll continue watching because they're very quick to scroll by. Yep. <laughs> so whether it is a question or it is a statistic, they're also understanding how to repeat very regularly throughout their let's say their life for 25 minutes you're going to repeat at different times what the issue is and what the call to action is whether it's mm -hmm. join our email list so you can stay up to date or again it's come to that rally that we're having on thursday at 555 main street so that way people who are are joining and they're getting off they're not um it's not that you're missing people who join five minutes in. So these right. are the kinds of things that you will learn to be a little more communication savvy. But again, I just want to point out, if you are passionate about change and you want to get your, your voice out there so that other people can have their, you can have your collective voice out, start from what you have. Mm -hmm. Start from what you have 
It might be you going live on your personal social media. <laughs> it might be you handwriting letters to your neighbors. Start with what you have. And as you continue to grow, then you will you will invest in trainings or you will find a mentor or you will read certain books or things like that. But start with what you know. Don't let not feeling like, you know, you're, you're camera ready to cause mm-hmm. you to miss an opportunity to tell someone else about how they can impact change. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. So yeah, this is great. So thank you for all these tips today. Um, and you have also developed a course around this as well for, um, and it's how to host a press conference with confidence. So can you just tell us a little bit about that and one takeaway from that course that people can integrate today for their nonprofits? Yes. Yeah. So for, for grant writers, I can tell you that I, because I've, I've dibbled and dabbled in grant writing, presented in front of funders before, and I know how important it is to be able to have those stories. And sometimes when you're working with a client for grant writing, and then you're like, hey, well, do you have any information about our stats about? And the people are like, mm, no, <laughs> you know, do you have any media coverage? You might want to say to them, okay, you, you, this is something that you need to do. But what happens a lot of times, sometimes, or a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofits don't have large budgets and they may not have a communications director or a communications specialist or someone who can who can you know really be savvy and, and do these things so the training will help them uh, you know just get the, the the I like to call it the bite-sized easily digestible parts of what you need to know about how to organize a press conference from figuring out what your message is to figuring out who's going to speak prepping those speakers finding a location how to run the press conference and what to do after the conference. So it's a good way to get quickly on board staff and also community members who are there and down for the cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you asked me about a takeaway. Mm-hmm. I'll share with, with, with your audience, Holly, this tip that that's um, I think is really important. Sometimes <laughs> people have press conferences and sometimes the press don't show up. And it may not be because your your issue isn't important, but maybe something you know really traumatic happened over here, or maybe they just don't have enough reporters to come to your event. You should always, always own your own press. So as we talked about using social media, mm-hmm. always record your events. It doesn't have to be with the special camera that you got from somewhere, but it can just be with your phone, but always record it, always take pictures, always have your um, your speakers interview them over by the wall or over you know, over by the tree. It doesn't really matter. But so that way you can create these little assets that you, you will be able to use on social media, of course, but then you can send it to a reporter along with your press release. And now you have the five people who were speaking, you have their, their names, you have a picture of them, you have a video of them saying, you know, their, their key points, maybe about 30 seconds so that press can use it. Even if they didn't come radio can pick up that audio TV mm-hmm. reporters can pick it up, print reporters. And sometimes when they actually see the people speaking, then it's like, oh, wait a minute, let me let me make a call here so that we can get that one-on-one interview to happen. So never feel like because you had an event and you didn't get any journalists to come that, oh, well, you know, we won't try this again. Always continue to, to reach out to press, but always, always, always own your own stories, record them and share them with, with your list, but certainly share them with journalists because it, you can gather stories. Uh, uh, garner stories from that. I love that, you know, cause it's, yeah, I love that own your own conference because, you know, it's, it's really about like, you can't, if no press comes, I don't know, just cancel it. No, you've already invited yeah. these people here. You've prepared for it, all of that. Continue it. And as long as, and now that you're learning how to run a press conference and how to prepare for one, you can kind of know what to do. Like you said, like take those little 30 second individual, you know, interviews, um, all of the things. 
and and still do it right still do it with your phone and then I bet I mean I would imagine anyways that if a press reporter all of a sudden they have these bits of materials they're maybe more prone to use it because all of a sudden their job's kind of done for them Right. Yes. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, it's, it can be a lot easier for them. I mean, especially when you have uh, a, like radio, a lot of times they're not sending someone out to cover your story. So now you have the audio here, you have the press release, so you know what the story is. And if there are any clarifying questions, they can call you and ask you. But if you're sending them these, these audio clips or just video clips, because they can pull the audio, radio can, but you're sending them the press release, you're sending the video clips, you're making sure that you have a document that has the name of everybody and, and people are saying in the video, you want to start it by saying, hi, I'm Nikki R. Jones, I'm a parent of three or whatever it is, you know, however it relates to your issue. And then you start speaking and also spell your name. I forgot to say that, but yeah. you can put these things in Dropbox or in Google Drive and then send the link out with the press release. They'd be very happy to have that. And I love that. Yeah. Like you said, uh, they can pull the audio. You don't feel like you have to figure that tech out on your by yourself, but also there's so many different media stations now that have podcasts. And I know as a podcaster myself, you know, we're always looking for content as well. That makes sense for our audience. So that could mm -hmm. be something where they're looking for more content than maybe in traditional days that, you know, even social media, all of the things, right. So giving them content is actually valuable. So you know, it can yeah. really help your chances of getting your story out because you're developing that for them. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I want to say this so much. It doesn't have to be some super polished and then you have glitter falling in the background. It can just <laughs> really be the executive director standing in front of a tree. It can really be mm -hmm. two children sitting on their porch. It doesn't have to be some miraculous, you know, oh, and you're going to get a Grammy. Is it Grammy or is it Grammy for movies? Grammy, right? Grammy? <laughs> I don't know which one it is, but you get what I'm saying. It's not that you're you're looking to do that. And and the journalists are not expecting for you to to have some big production to give to them. Right. They they're they're coming understanding that your your job is an organizer or your your position is a community member who's concerned. You, you, you're never going to send anything out to the press and say, oh, we have speakers here who get paid $50,000 a minute and come to you. Know, it's, it's not that. <laughs> right, <laughs> and they, right. they want they want the raw stories. I mean, we've all yeah. seen the news and, and there are opportunities where you do have someone who's, you know, a little more polished, maybe it's professor so-and-so. But when you see that that student who was talking about this happened at my school and I was scared. Or when you see that person who is standing in front of the horse and talking about how they've been malnourished and we got to fight for justice and they're petting them, you know, that that's what like really sticks to your mind. Yeah. And of course, I don't want to discredit or, or disvalue um, the contribution of, of, of experts and more, po more polished presenting folks, but I know that I I remember the, the things that look like, oh, I've seen her at the grocery store before. Right. Oh, she, she looks like somebody who, who I've known and she's telling her personal story. It's, yeah, it's very, it's connects for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really resonates. So I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing with all of the change makers out there that are listening or watching and, you know, to really think about story and then think about press and how, you know, there, there could be this huge platform that you're not potentially utilizing because you think it has to be so polished or you think it has to be such a huge extra thing to do when it could just be a very simple short couple sentence email right to get attention on your on your cause that could bring yeah. so much to it and funding sources eyes because then they may see it as well 
So, um, and thank you also for you're giving a discount to the change makers for your course. Yeah, I am. So I know that you'll you'll post the link to mm -hmm. the training, and I want to say again, it is a bite-sized training. This is not something that you will have to have your community members watch for weeks and weeks and weeks. And there's 511 tests and all this stuff, and they're not going to have your staff people watch it, and they walk out being communications directors. But what they are doing is watching this 40-minute uh, series of small videos. They're, they're two minutes nice. to seven minutes, I think. But they're watching it is bite-sized so that they are feeling more confident. They, they know what to expect, right? Yeah. I remember going to my first press conference and being like, oh my goodness, you know, and I was the communications person. So if you, if there's a video like this, when you welcome new people, well, again, whether they're staff or whether they're community members to help them kind of get up to speed quicker and you know, onboard mm -hmm. quicker, it will make a big difference for them. And they're in that, that confidence makes you feel like I'm unstoppable. I can do this. So yes, uh, the uh, hash, or the hashtag, my goodness, the discount code. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a hashtag too. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be change makers. And I know that you'll include that along with yeah. the link um, and however you share it with your audience. But I'm really looking forward to uh, them taking it and, and, and seeing how they feel and seeing the efforts, the, yeah. the, the outcomes of, of them doing the training. I love it. And, you know, I love it that it's bite-sized training because I can imagine like a board meeting, you could do this in a board meeting, right? And I yes. really believe all board members should have this type of training because they are the yes. face of the organization a lot of times, right? So I think that at least your board, at least whoever else in your community that you want as part of that nonprofit to know how to tell the story or to tell stories, right? Yeah. Um, to take that, but you could definitely do that in, like you said, like for, or for a lunch, for a board meeting, right? Yeah, so, yeah in a chapter meeting, or you can share the link with them and see what questions they have. It, it's, it's, I think it needs to be part of the onboarding. And it's not necessarily that you need to watch the training and then you go organize a whole press conference and have it by yourself and do good. It may be that you recognize, okay, so one of the roles in having a press conference is getting a permit. I'll do that part. One oh, of the roles in having a press right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the roles in having a press conference is making sure that the speakers come together for a pre-meeting. I'll organize that. I'll make the phone calls and make sure that people get on. So there are different different things that can happen. Maybe you're taking the pictures or you're taking the, the social media video, but it's an opportunity for you to really understand all of the aspects and it's not in an overwhelming way yeah. because I, I know I've signed up for classes and things and I've been like, okay, I'm going to watch this and I never finished watching it. Right. One more thing yeah. I want to tell you, I, I want to uh, post a live, you know, like Instagram, not Instagram. Um, what was wrong with my language today? This seems kind of strange. <laughs> I'm a communications person that can't speak. <laughs> I love it. The hashtags. Let's do it. <laughs> Zoom <laughs> for for people who uh, purchase the training, and I'm going to do it in the next few weeks. You know, after um, this airs, but so that people you you watch the training, you can watch it in, again in like 40 minutes. That's really how long it takes. But then this way, you can come and you can ask me questions live and see how oh, it nice. relates. So. That's a nice little nugget for, for your audience nice as well. Nugget. I love it. Some one-on-one -on -one time. I love it. So yeah, so definitely thank you again for coming on. Nikki R. Jones. Um, you guys can definitely check her out at Nikki, and that's N-I-K-K-I-R-J-O-N-E-S dot com for more information and to see all of the different things that you're doing with copywriting, speech writing, and training. Um, and yeah, all the things that you're doing for nonprofits out there. So thank you again for coming on. Any closing words before we close out today on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast? Your voice is powerful. Your voice is unique. And your voice will bring about change. Never doubt that at all.
And if you keep that with you and what you're doing, you will just, just go, you will move and the change will happen and you will feel good about it. Advocacy is a, is a very humbling, uh, very, very challenging sometimes <laughs> yeah. role, but it is, it is making change for people who you will never meet. Mm. It is a very awesome and honorable thing to do. I love it. Be great. <laughs> well, thank you for helping people reach that advocacy, their, their, their targets and their goals for that. Thanks for coming on the show and we'll have you back on again. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than like five years. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Nikki R. Jones. And she really talked a lot about how to set up a great story, how to involve people in your nonprofit and community in telling the story, as well as how to do a press conference and how to set up different ways to work with the press. So if you want more information on her how to host a press conference with confidence course or how to contact Nikki, go ahead and jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 259 for all of today's show notes, links, and so much more. You also get information about grant easy management software and our free grant writing and funding hub haven. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, please do subscribe to our podcast so you get these episodes delivered every single week to your podcast player. And if you love these episodes, please do me a favor, leave a review on your podcast listener as this does help other people find the podcast and get access to these valuable resources. And plus, I love to read them and share them on the podcast. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Have a wonderful week.